All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show. We're going to get to our medical experts in a minute as it relates to what we know and maybe don't know about this Omicron variant that everybody's talking about. Now, we do know that we have more people, more American citizens that have died from COVID-19 in 2021 than in 2020. And we do know that Joe Biden uh, said 220,000 dead. Anyone who's responsible for that many deaths shouldn't be president. Let's remind you. 220,000 Americans dead. If you hear nothing else I say tonight, hear this. Anyone who's responsible for not taking control, in fact, not saying I'm, I take no responsibility initially, anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. And, of course, he hid in his basement with the support of the media mob, the I call the candidate protection program. Uh, and, of course, it's one size fits all medicine for all things Joe Biden. Only once, as he mentioned, monoclonal antibodies. He had three vaccines when he became president handed to him by Donald Trump. How is it we have more Americans dead in 2021 than 2020? By the way, Donald Trump even said this weekend he wanted Biden to be successful. In tackling COVID. Remember, a thousand people were getting vaccinated a day when Donald Trump left office. Um, now we have the, the issue. Biden suggesting that Trump's coronavirus ban 10 days after the first identified case of COVID. This was January 21st. The first identified case of COVID. 10 days later, Donald Trump put into effect the the travel ban, you know, that was. You know, xenophobic and hysterical, as Joe Biden said at the time. Now Joe Biden's putting into effect a xenophobic, hysterical, racist travel ban. I mean, you can't even make this stuff up. Joe Biden is in a store in Nantucket. And what is he? It says right on the window, required. Masks were were required. Mask requirement to be in the store. Face covering. Joe Biden has no face covering on. None whatsoever. Now, Omicron, which is his new variant. Um, is has not made its way to the U.S. as of now. Um, we don't know. We know there's a new migrant caravan headed to the U.S. And, of course, we know that there's preferential treatment for people that don't respect our laws, borders, and sovereignty. So there won't be any testing because Jen Psaki says they're not going to be here very long anyway because then they're flying people all over the country in the dark of night. Uh, but we should be paying very full attention to all of this. The one thing that was very interesting to me is a South African doctor, one of the first to suspect this different coronavirus strain, uh, said over the weekend that so far the Omicron variant were showing mild symptoms and that most people were being treated at home. And this is from Dr. Angelique uh, Cortese, a private practitioner and also the chairperson of the South African Medical Association, She told Reuters on November the 18th, she noticed seven patients in her clinic that had symptoms different from the dominant Delta variant, albeit very mild. And then, of course, you have the great Dr. Fauci saying, well, you know, uh, if you criticize me, people are criticizing science. This is not a guy that has been right at any point, and he's lied about the origins of the coronavirus Uh, He's still pushing the wet market theory in spite of the intercept 
and the 900 documents that they discovered, despite of the emails that show a panic over the NIH knowing that they funded the Wuhan Virology Lab, and, of course, the letter from the NIH that contradicts Fauci's own sworn testimony that they knew coronavirus gain-of-function research was happening at that lab in, in Wuhan. Uh, two guys that have been on the front lines of all of this, Dr. Brian Tyson and Dr. George Fareed, have an upcoming book that's called Overcoming the COVID Darkness, How Two Doctors Successfully Treated 7,000 Patients. Uh, they've been on the show many times before. Dr. Fareed, for example, is trained medically, went to Harvard Medical School. Uh, and Dr. Fareed, we welcome you back to the program. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, thank you Sean, and uh, thank you for all of your reporting and, and shows. Uh, uh, congratulations on the Patriot Awards, your beautiful uh, statement there, uh, honoring patriots, and uh, you're just an inspiration to us and have guided us and helped us present our story. And <clears throat> it's... Um, it's so important that people realize that the current vaccines uh, do not protect against the variants. They evolve in vaccinated patients, and the Omicron variant has come from a vaccinated patient or pa individuals, actually, in Botswana. And the Delta came from vaccinated people in New Delhi and uh, of the other location, I'm not sure where the other location was, but they, they have to be evolving in the presence of these neutralizing antibodies that were created by the vaccine, which is basically useless in that it, it's directed to the original spike protein that we don't see anymore. Uh, initially, it was somewhat protective against the primary variant, but now it doesn't protect. So uh, the Omicron comes out. Other variants will continue to come out as time goes by, and we have to be prepared mm -hmm. for them. Well, we were the told that the Lambda variant out of Peru was going to be a disaster that didn't, that didn't manifest itself. We were told about the Mu variant. We were told about the R.1 variant or R.4 variant, whatever they called it. Uh, the one variant that seemed to break through the most was the Delta variant. Um, I would imagine that the chairperson of the South African Medical Association that actually discovered this variant, uh, who's saying that the symptoms so far are mild, uh, what does that tell you? Will it, is it potentially, is it possible that it gets stronger as it goes along? Well, I, I don't think so. I, I think it will have its own virulence. And very, uh, these, uh, the evolution of viruses is such that they, they want to continue in, uh, to live, basically. They mutate extensively, and they will mutate to become more infectious, possibly, but not necessarily to kill the host so that they don't have anywhere to reproduce. But they might. Uh, we can't be entirely sure. We, we do know that early care, uh, early treatment with um, what we had available from the beginning of the pandemic, uh, non, uh, including now monoclonal antibodies, but also uh, very good agents that are antiviral like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and, and fluvoxamine, other agents along with nutraceuticals, does stop the infection and prevent the evolution to hospitalization and, uh, and respiratory failure and death. And so that's the tack that should be used. Uh, right now, it should have been used uh, 21 months ago, but it, it's still time for it to be used in order to get this in, in control. The vaccines are not going to do that. They just uh, create a situation where 
the variants will, will pop up, and they don't protect from reinfection. And that's what happens. It's not in unvaccinated people. They're not at fault. They can acquire these variants, of course. But natural immunity, once it occurs, is very resistant against, uh, against variants and reinfection. So the natural immunity is what uh, is best to be achieved. Well, let, 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 me, let me go and ask you very specifically about that, because we, we now have a second study. Now, we've been following the, and it's not peer-reviewed yet, but we, we have anecdotally information on nearly 800,000 people out of Israel uh, yes. that as it relates to natural immunity versus those that got the vaccine. And, and as you know, I'm, I'm pro-science and I'm pro-vaccination science. But with that said, what they found is it was... 27 times more effective with natural immunity in, in preventing uh, the Delta variant. Uh, now we have another study that comes out with 300,000 people. Uh, and in this particular case, I believe it was Cutter that came up with this anecdotal information. Uh, they're saying the same thing. And uh, at what point do we follow the science? I mean, they, they say follow the science, but they seem to only say follow the science when the science is convenient to their argument, which is one size fits all medicine. Well, we have to follow the science. It's well, well presented, Sean. Those are excellent studies that are irrefutable. And we need to realize that that natural immunity is very extensive immunity, not just to the simple spike protein. And uh, the, if it's uh, if Delta virus or Omicron is the infecting agent, it will be uh, immunity to their spike proteins. But it will be immunity to all other aspects of the virus, multiple different aspects. And it will be an innate immunity, which the vaccines don't uh, generate. All right, quick break. More with Dr. Brian Tyson, Dr. George Fareed, Overcoming the COVID Darkness, How Two Doctors Successfully Treated 7,000 Patients. We have a big link on Hannity.com. Please make this part of your education process. In the meantime, I want to remind you about LifeLock. Every single day, all of us are putting our personal information at risk on the Internet. In a second, your good name and reputation can be destroyed. Your finances destroyed. You're robbed blind and your credit score shot for years. That's what LifeLock does. They detect all of the threats that are out there that you miss on your own. They'll scour the dark web on your behalf to see if your personal information is compromised. If so, you get an alert. If, in fact, your identity is stolen, you get a dedicated restoration specialist. And right now, uh, LifeLock by Norton, a very low annual rate. You save an additional 25% off your first year using the promo code Hannity, especially now with so many people shopping online. You need LifeLock more than ever. LifeLock.com, 1-800-LIFELOCK. Save an additional 25% by using the promo code Hannity. We'll continue. Your calls are next. The radio show the mainstream media loves to hate. This is the Sean Hannity Show. More with Dr. Brian Tyson, Dr. George Fareed. They come out with a new book. I've been urging everybody, research everything. Whether you agree or disagree, it doesn't matter. 
Overcoming the COVID Darkness, How Two Doctors Successfully Treated 7,000 Patients. It's now on Hannity.com, Amazon.com, and soon bookstores everywhere. Let me bring in Dr. Tyson, who just joined us a little late here. But um, I want to ask you, would it be likely with this new variant, Dr. Tyson, that monoclonal antibodies would would be as, as effective as they seem to be now? Um, actually, it, they're they're gonna wane in immunity uh, response uh, as the variants uh, continue to change. Um, it is still uh, semi-effective, and when used with our other uh, early treatment methods, um, it's still being shown to be effective. Um, right now, we're still seeing predominantly the Delta variant, uh, especially in our practice out here, which uh, still seems to be responding about 50 to 60% of the time to the monoclonal antibody treatment. Um, we use that, and then we, we put the patients on our uh, cocktail, and those patients still seem to do very, very well. Well, and I, let me tip my hat to Dr. Farid and, and Dr. Tyson. You too, you've been helpful. Dr. Farid, I won't mention the names, but I, got, I had people contact you, 74-year-old male, 68-year-old female, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, tested positive for COVID. Within 24 hours, they had the monoclonal antibody infusion. Uh, they followed your protocols and unvaccinated, and they were fine, and, and they felt better in 48 hours. I had a fully vaccinated friend that lives five minutes from me, and he tested positive for COVID. He, too, had the, the monoclonal antibody infusion and, and followed your protocols, and he had the best 10 days of his life because he sent his family down to Florida, and he went fishing every day. Well, those are great stories. Both my parents just recently also just got uh, infected, uh, both unvaccinated, both in their 70s, and uh, gave them monoclonal antibody treatment and gave them the cocktail, and they're both doing well as well. So I'm the glad stories, to hear that, Doctor. Yes, the stories out there are no longer anecdotal. Um, the, the stories now are uh, science. And going back to your your natural immunity, Brownstone uh, Institute and, and uh, you know Doctor uh, Alexander, he put out a, a paper that showed 128 different studies that show natural immunity uh, is robust and lifelong. And, you know, we continue to not have that discussion about natural immunity. Uh, recently, the CDC even admitted that 60 to 80 percent of children are seropositive and would no longer need a, a vaccine because they're naturally immune. And again, that conversation is not being uh, discussed nationally. You know, and, and I look at both your credentials. For example, Dr. Fareed, you you're, went to Harvard Medical School. Uh, Harvey Reich went to Yale Medical School. Uh, uh, Dr. Farid, you were former research assistant at the NIH, former Harvard assistant professor. You developed three patents on cancer drugs. You established the first HIV clinic in California's Imperial Valley. Um, you're on the, you both of you are on the front lines. I'll give you the last 20 seconds, sir. Well, thank you, Sean, and I echo everything that Brian said. I, I just parallel uh, the COVID battle that we have with what our battle was with HIV. I set up our HIV program in the Imperial Valley 30 years ago. We have still patients that were treated then still coming to us, but the treatment there is not vaccine. It's 
multiple agents used in concert, just as we're doing with our protocol and with the monoclonal antibodies. And that's what's going to have to continue, attacking it early, early COVID care. We actually have a website uh, called earlycovidcare.org, which gives a lot of great information. But um, regardless, the the new agents that are coming up from Mark and, and Pfizer, these are ones that would be costly. Of course, our our, pro, our treatment is, is uh, extremely inexpensive with repurposed drugs, but those will be helpful. We'll need combinations of agents to completely inhibit the replication and elimination of the virus from the body as fast as possible. Well, I've been urging my audience to do as much research as possible. Research you might agree with or disagree, it doesn't matter. Know as much about this as possible. And you two have been on the front lines. And you've come out with a book, it's Overcoming the COVID Darkness, How Two Doctors Successfully Treated 7,000 Patients. We have a link on Hannity.com. It's on Amazon.com and soon bookstores, hopefully everywhere. Uh, I want to thank you both for, you know, you've helped many, many people that I know that needed information at a very critical time in their life. And you've been extraordinarily generous. And I can't thank you both enough for, for the hard work you bo- both do every day. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having us. 800-941-SEAN, our number. When we come back, we're going to get to your uh, phone calls. Quick break. Right back. Check in as soon as you get to your car after work for breaking information you need to know about. This is the Sean Hannity Show. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, as promised. We're going to go straight to your our busy phones. You know, you really can't make up just what a cognitive mess and how weak and frail Joe is. I mean, t- today's, again, it's embarrassing and humiliating for the country to listen to this guy. I mean... Alex, Alexis, oh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Listen to, this is just today's mess ups. Let me call on Alexis, Alexis. Alex? Oh, Alex? We've got two Alex. Oh, Alex Reuters. Yes, thank you so much, Mr. President. And so the other Alex doesn't have a heart attack. I want to call on him. Is it, is it a- Okay, let me ask the other Alex and then you. Today, I want to take a few moments to talk about the new COVID variant first identified last week in Southern Africa. It's called the Omicron. But while we have that travel restrictions can slow the speed of Omicron. You just can't make it up. Are you not humiliated hearing this? You look at this poll, Trump up by double digits. A lot of um, buyer's remorse, if you will, as it relates to Biden, especially among independents, double digit lead now. I think people have decided, you know what? They'll take energy independence, low gas prices, no inflation, controlled borders. Uh, Let's see. uh, Not abandoning Americans in Afghanistan and a a strong uh, presence internationally than what we've got with this guy. They'll take a few mean tweets and a strong president 
over this pathetic mess, this cognitive mess that we have as president. By the way, did, did you guys all have a good Thanksgiving? Linda? I had an awesome Thanksgiving. Fried not one turkey. I fried two turkeys this year. Why would you fry two? One isn't enough? We ended up celebrating uh, Wednesday instead of Thursday. Why? Don't ask me why. But anyway. Okay. Um, and I just is so delicious. That master built, you know, butterball turkey fryer is the best thing ever invented. It's so good. It's so delicious. What kind delicious. of oil did you use? Uh, peanut oil. Okay. And what'd you put inside the turkey? Did you stuffing? No, no stuffing. I don't like stuffing anyway. But stuffing is bread. You know I don't eat bread. Okay, first um, of all, on the holidays, all bets are off. Carbs are allowed. Understood. I had a maybe like a spoonful of macaroni and cheese. Does that count? That's maybe it? A spoonful a of mashed potatoes. That's it. I stick to my diet. Oh my anyway, <laughs> but what can I tell you? But it is so juicy because you inject the turkey ahead of time. And I have this special sauce that I use. It includes butter and garlic and parsley and and rosemary and thyme i'm kidding um but anyway and salt oh if it's all over the turkey are you kidding me <laughs> you know it's in the turkey it's outside the turkey and it's on my plate extra salt wonderful um but it was so good we have so much to be thankful for and uh not the least of which is this great audience of ours uh, all right, let's get to our uh, phones, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Dennis is in Michigan. Dennis, hi, how are you? Glad you called. I'm doing fine, Sean. I'm a longtime listener. In fact, the wife and I have been listening to you before you even had a gray hair on your head. So oh, man. Much, Thank- <laughs> you have to remind me. You have to give me a little. Somebody said to me over vacation, you know, you should have listened to me years ago. You might not remember this, but I told you to start dyeing your hair. And I looked at the person and I'm saying, you don't like my hair? Is that your problem? And then I get the same thing. You're skinnier in person. You're taller in person. Um, and I'm like, okay. And you're t- I'm, I'm skinnier, I'm taller, and younger. So I'm fat, old, and short on TV. That's what it is. Am I wrong? Are they fat shaming me? Well, I'll tell you what, you do have a full head of hair, though, so you've got an advantage over me there. <laughs> None of this bothers me. I just don't give a rip how I look. I spent about five <laughs> minutes putting makeup on myself. Trust me. Well, hey, the reason I wanted to call you, I know you're a martial artist. I've taught it for years, and Sorry. I know you have Oops. a concealed uh, permit, and I have a concealed permit. Yes, sir. Some police work in the past, and because of all that, self-defense is always a big issue to me. And there were some lessons learned over the last two cases that involved handguns, standing your ground, justifiable self-defense. And uh, I had tried to get a hold of you a year ago because I ran into a woman whose husband has been incarcerated for five years. This man in Cuyahoga, Ohio, was actually honored with a street named after him. He had two local businesses. His boys helped him run two little pizzerias. So everything was fine until after 2018 when the state of Ohio passed open carry. He decided to open carry in his restaurants because of a string of arrests and uh, burglaries in the area. Uh, So what happened with him is he got a call at home that someone had just burglarized his pizzeria. He was up there within a few minutes. He looked at the tape, got a description of the assailant, found him in a parking lot less than a half hour away. He had 911 on the call, you know, online. Right. And uh, he noticed the same assailant was attacking a woman getting in her vehicle with a little girl. So he intervened verbally and, hey, you know, what are you doing? And I would do the same thing. 
Well, the guy turned, and uh, he stood near his car. Uh, this this man ran toward him, uh, verbally threatening him. He got about 10 feet away. And, uh, and by the way, this guy's a Marine veteran, mm-hmm. served overseas. He's handicapped. And he told the man to keep his distance and said, I've got the police on the line right now as we talk. The man went at him, grabbed him, threw him down. And this guy, he's only about five foot four to begin with. The other guy's right. about six foot three. I right. saw the tape, by the way. Well, to make a long story short, uh, he got back up. The man started to walk away. And he came back and rushed him. He said, if you keep coming toward me, I'll pull my weapon. He did. He fired at him. Didn't hit him. So he really tried his hardest not to pull that weapon out. Yeah, but the reason I was hoping, and and Sean, I know you know this, all the cases that the left do, it's as if cases are simmering. They wait for the right moment to shed light upon something that will advance their agenda. Had we on the right followed his case, the state of Ohio versus Jeffrey Strohan, you would have heard the same statements made in the last two recent trials. Uh, your hip, on, your gun on your hip is screeding out. I have a gun and I'm going to use it. That's from the prosecutor. And said, don't you think that... Uh, and they, uh, and they, ended, up, they, they ended up convicting him? They did convict him. He served two years. He's in a wheelchair now, by the way. And his uh, wife and two sons have lost their businesses. And They've all of this was on videotape. Yeah, in fact, I have the whole court. I have every word from the trial. I'm not an attorney. Yes, I have a police background. All right, let me tell you what I want you to do. I'm going to put you on hold. I want to get a copy of this videotape, and I want to look at it. And I want to look at the court papers that you have. And and this sounds like something that that we might want to bring to light on television. Um, I could tell you, I said before the Thanksgiving break, I said, I don't care if I look like a coward. I've now been training for nine years, an hour and a half a day, four to five days a week. And I'm uh, listen, I'm, I'm probably nowhere near your level. I'm a, I am a student of martial arts, an eclectic blend of arts, Krav Maga, Kempo, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. We do situational street fighting. Um, we do boxing. We do uh, blades, firearm training, stick training. We do it all. And I would rather just turn around and run than get in a confrontation with somebody. Now, maybe it makes me look like somebody that's afraid. I'm actually not afraid. I'm afraid of what I'm going to do. And I don't want to ever be put in the position of hurting somebody, even if they're the aggressor towards me. And I've walked away from situations many times, even using the words, please do not, this is not going to end well for you. Please do not make me hurt you. And then very quickly, expeditiously, I get out of the way and I get out of the situation. And, you know, unfortunately, as a public figure um, that apparently is viewed as controversial by people that hate me, uh, it's it's just a, a part of the reality of my life. But I, I honestly and truly can tell you that I never, ever want to be involved in any confrontation like that ever. And I'll do everything in my power to de-escalate and avoid it. And even if it means, you know, moving very quickly away from the situation, I'll be the one moving away. I mean, I've always taught students to have a peaceful confidence. You survived the attack and uh, 
But there's so many parallels, Sean, between what happened with Kyle. You getting into a defensive stance, should that be the best way for you to survive, they would see that as being intimidating. The very oh. fact that they didn't catch him for one second having his gun raised, they would have had him on brandishing. And sometimes, and you know that as a martial artist, sometimes it's best to run, sometimes to stand to your ground. Why? Because you want all the cards on your side of the table to survive. But what they're doing on the left is step-by-step, and and I've heard you say it many times, and it's so true. They're going after open carry, which they did with him. They're going after concealed carry, which they did with him. Your right to own a weapon, and then ultimately your your right to defend your own family, yourself, and your property. New New York has a retreat law, by the way. They actually, if somebody breaks into your home, you have to make an attempt to retreat. Now, I don't quite understand it, but I understand the law, and I would do the best of my ability to follow the law. Um, The last thing I'm going to say is, and I think you'll understand this. You're right. There is a quiet confidence that tra- that you have with training. I've said this on the air before, and people laugh, and they said, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Close quarter, I would prefer to deal with a firearm, you know, in other words, within, w- within a distance that I can strip the weapon, because I train to strip weapons, um, than I would a blade, for example. It's a much tougher strip of a of a blade than it is a firearm. You know, if somebody puts a, a gun up my forehead, you know, I'm going to duck and I'm going to push it up and I'm going to take the gun, break their fingers, push it right into them, strip it, step back, tap rack, and I'm going to put four over three and then I'll have the gun. If it's just in front of me, but within a distance that I can reach it, I'm going to put my hands up and I'm going to quickly strip that weapon and get it offline as quickly as I can, break their finger, strip the weapon and, and tap rack and four over three. If it's at my back, I'm going to get it offline, fight the man, break the finger, strip the gun, and do the same thing. Sound like I know what I'm talking about? And you'll survive. Um, yeah, that's and and would you, as a martial artist, uh, I assume you're a sensei, uh, do you agree yes, Do you agree with my assessment that I'd rather deal with a close, qu- close quarter, keywords, firearm than a blade? I absolutely do agree with that. I've been involved with that. I understand. I, uh, I train. I, this, we, this is the situational training I do every day. And, um, you know, what I what bothered me the most about George Floyd, and you would know this as well, and I'm, I'm sure you have some some background in, in jujitsu. Um, the guy's handcuffed. You could take two fingers. Tell me if I'm wrong. Manipulate his fingers. Whether he's on drugs or not, he's going to comply. True or false? Oh, true. Absolutely true. And and people said, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I actually do. And but I look, I would urge people, even if you you don't have to have a passion for it like I do or like you do. And you've dedicated how many years of your life have you trained? I've trained since 1972. I'm 70 years old now and I still train. Athletes. Yeah, you still you still would kick my ass. Let's let's be honest. Um <laughs> I, I'm a very respectful student of the arts. I know my place. And, and you know, we treat it seriously. We bow in. We bow out. When we do weapon work, you know, we, we turn our weapons down uh, before we engage each other. We're not there to hurt each other. We're there to learn. And um, I just have a great respect for those people that train as hard as you do and have earned the level of, of proficiency 
that you have learned and, and passionately share with others. Uh, all I can say is, right. Luce, thank you for what you do. Thank you, and uh, thank you for what you do as a, uh, a patriot on the front lines. And, I'm going to uh, put you on hold. Thing. I want to. I, I want to get a copy of this. This sounds like a case that I think I'd, I would be interested in bringing to the public. All right, we appreciate it. Thank you. Just we'll put you on hold. Stay right there. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, our number. If you want to be a part of the program.